Soccer's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome back, my friend, to the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. This is your host, Brad Wilson, the founder of EnhanceYourEdge.com. And today, I'm sitting down for a conversation with Twitch superstar and mid-stakes tournament grinder, Matt Staples. Spending nearly all of his time playing in online tournaments, Matt is currently a member of Team Party Poker. By his own estimation, about 99.9% of his tournament poker career has been streamed live online as he's played. Matt generally plays mid-stakes, but has been known to test his skills in tournaments with buy-ins as high as $500 and $1,000. This past May, he took down the biggest cash of his career when he finished third in the PokerStar Sunday Million for $92,812.18 approximately. Matt's a rare breed of player who started out online with a minuscule bankroll and reached his current lofty status by simply grinding, learning, winning, and growing without adding any outside money. After getting his start a few years ago with about $20, his bankroll today is estimated to be around 160000 At the fresh young age of 24, Matt's a perfect example of what it means to dive in, work hard, and chase poker greatness. He's living proof that if you want to start making a living through playing this card game, even in today's day and age, it's still possible. During the course of our conversation, he's going to talk about how he got started in the game, where he began to make the transition to a professional player, and what changed the way he thinks about the game, allowing him to go farther than he ever thought he would. You'll hear what he likes the most, what he'd change if he could, and the key advice he'd give to any new player. So once again, thank you for joining me on Chasing Poker Greatness. Here is my conversation with stream and lamp lover extraordinaire, Matt Staples. Matt, welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? Good. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. To start things off, let's uh, start at the beginning. I think that's a good place to start things. Um, nice. <laughs> let's start out with a story of how you got into playing cards in the first place. Right. Yeah, so my my brother was a full-time professional player already. So he was already a full-time poker player and he started streaming on Twitch uh, as like kind of a side job and he started off that. And and I would, I had no interest in poker at this time. I just, I thought it was cool that he was streaming on Twitch. So I started watching him and then realized that poker was also pretty interesting and I started to learn some things about how the game worked or whatever. And then, you know, eventually I said like, this could be fun to try. So I, I got into it for fun, just started playing, you know, super super micros like as low as you can find on any site <laughs> i was playing like like two cent sit and goes and 10 cent sit and goes like at the very beginning and then i don't know i had some success and just kept moving up in stakes and and then i've been playing ever since but yeah, it was really my brother that got me into the game where is the first place you went to learn uh to dive in as far as in expanding your knowledge uh it was twitch is Twitch, yeah. Just watching watching my brother play and seeing, you know, what kind of hands he would open from where and um, you know, what his strategies were and you know, that's where I learned like what a C bet was and stuff like that. So all my super beginner knowledge came from just Twitch watching nice. him play. Any other streamers besides your brother? Uh, I used to watch Jason Somerville. I mean, at that time, like way back when, it was really only those two that were streaming. Um, just Jamie and Jason. Like th- there was not even close to as many streamers back then. So it was really those two, and Jason was obviously super fun to watch. He was he was the biggest by far at that point. So yeah, I yeah. used to stream myself a few years ago, and yeah. I would get like fifty, sometimes a little over a hundred people to my cash games. Yeah. Um, and then coming back after like two or three years away, it's the market is very different <laughs> than it was. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's uh, evolved like crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's so many more streamers. Everyone's like way better at the game. Stakes are higher. There's way more streamers. It's super competitive. It's it's really grown a lot, yeah. 
So basically your brother, and your brother is Jamie Staples, by the way. Yeah. Um, for those of you that didn't make the Matthew Staples connection. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> I so guess you, I should have gone into that, yeah. No, yeah. it's fine. I, um, but yeah, he, he picked a good time to start, for sure. And Somerville picked a great time to start as well. Basically, yeah. they had the whole market to themselves. Um, yeah. When you were moving up playing two cents sit and goes, I mean, you didn't, you did add some money to your bankroll, right? Like to, to switch sticks. You literally zero, zero, zero money, zero money. I got a, I got like a $20 transfer from Jamie and I played like the Sunday storm, I think like three months before I actually started grinding. So I had like $8 left over. And then what year was this? Uh, 2015. Wow. 2015. Yeah. 2015. And then, yeah, cause I didn't get in, into it for money. I wasn't trying to like play bigger stakes. I, I just thought it was fun to play cards. So I didn't really care what I was playing. So $8 was fine. Um, and I liked the idea of like following bankroll management cause you know, he had talked so much about it. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to follow bankroll management. I'm going to run it up. And, uh, that's what I did. And you got the brand name of the Somerville in there too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Gonna run it up. Um, That's awesome. And I think that's a great testimony for folks out there who are starting today that yes, it can be done in today's day and age. You can run it up. You, You know, you can grind it up from very small if you put in the, the effort and, Speaking of the effort, so like obviously, it was a lot of effort to run it up. It had to be. There's no yeah. n- no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Did you have any breakthroughs early on? And if so, what were they? Breakthroughs in terms of like, like knowledge, big scores or knowledge? More more like knowledge and growth. The you know the from from the micro stakes to the low stakes was all a pretty like slow grind. There wasn't any like huge scores that allowed me to play bigger. Uh, there wasn't any like crazy um, strategies that I learned that really helped out. It was, it was a very slow process of like trial and error and just like continuing to get these small scores and small scores. Once I got to the mid stakes, that's kind of where my poker career changed a lot. That's where I, I went on a huge downswing once I hit the mid stakes. Like I just did not have the skill level or the intuition without studying to beat those games. And I went on a huge downswing and I knew I had to, you know, make a change or whatever. So I started studying seriously, you know, like training sites and and using programs and stuff like this. And it allowed me to become a winning player at the mid stakes. And then that's where, you know, that's where I started to have some legitimate scores, you know, of, of, you know, I remember my first big score was like my first big, big score was 16,000. That was like a game changer for me. It was like, whoa, you know, I can actually make money playing this game. And like, maybe I'm actually a decent player. Like I just won a high stakes tournament. I'm having decent results like this. I'm going to take this seriously. So that's when I started to take it seriously is around the mid stakes. And, and, and then I've had a much different outlook ever since. What is mid stakes related to tournaments? Okay. So mid stakes for me would be, I mean, everyone has a slightly different definition, but for me, mid stakes would be around from $22 to like, let's say $82. Gotcha. In a buy-in online. And above that is high stakes? Yeah, I'd say one or nine dollars. One or nine plus is high stakes for me. Gotcha. Yeah. And when you say that, you know, you buckled down, you started taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, did you hire a coach? What did that look like? Well, I um I signed up to a training site. Which um, which one? Razor Edge. Okay. Razor Edge is is the training set that I used and I didn't do any private coaching. I do some private coaching now, but I didn't do any private coaching. I just, I went through this course, you know, which covered all the different areas. And it, it was, so, it was the outside information I needed. Like my brain couldn't think of these outside strategies. I needed a, somebody who had figured it out to tell me. So it opened my eyes up to all these new, um, all these new concepts that I wasn't even thinking about while I was playing. And I'm, I'm glad I did that because, you know, a lot of these things I would have never thought about if I didn't get somebody to help me out with it, you know? Yeah, and that reminds me of a quote that I love, that uh, pioneers end up face down in the dirt with arrows in their back. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you, you can always find somebody that's blazed a trail before you, and that yeah. just, you know, completely expedites the process and makes everything so much easier. Like, maybe yeah. you could have come up with these concepts on your own, right? You just couldn't yeah. have come up with them that fast. It would have taken you years. So what took you Long years time, yeah. took you a much shorter time. Yeah. At this point in your career, what would you you think is your your biggest poker success? 
I think managing to be consistently moving up in stakes. I mean, I've I've had some big scores. I don't know. I think most people would consider those my biggest successes. Like I've had a few, you know, I had a score for 93,000 a few yeah. months ago. This which, ain't about most people. This is you, sir. What, yeah, do, what well, do you consider? I'd say just the consistency, like not going on too many huge downswings, uh, continuing to follow bankroll management, not not spewing it off and and just staying, you know, staying dedicated to it instead of kind of, you know, losing my mind along the way, I think. Um, which, because I think it happens to a lot of people, right? I think a lot of people, you know, blow their bankroll a few times or or they take too many shots or they or they're, go through a lot of mental struggles, which I think is fairly normal, but I think I've managed to remain pretty consistent on the, on the uptick through the stakes. So. Yeah. And I'm with you there. Like, I think yeah. that there are a lot of folks that can bink a tournament for a hundred K or, or whatever it is, but consistency rules all. Like if you want to be successful in poker, you have to be consistent. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think um, the fact that I've, I've streamed, like I've streamed 99.9% of my sessions which adds its own challenges, right? Like almost every single hand I've played in my career has been live on Twitch. You know, all the all the downswings, all the decision making, it's it's been live. So I'm happy to have been man- I've been able to to stream the entire process as well without struggling too much. So any infamous points in your stream where you just couldn't couldn't handle it because of annoyance? Uh, I mean, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, I have, <laughs> yeah, like the you know the the swings like stream to stream. There's so many streams where, I, you know, I don't I don't lose my mind in terms of like tilting and like okay, I'm I'm gonna rage quit. But generally, like if I'm having a bad session, I might like three hours in instead of regging for like six hours, I might just be like, all right, guys, I'm gonna shut it down. Like I'm gonna finish these tables off stream and, and just call it a day. And that happens pretty often because you know it is it is very stressful and sometimes the sometimes the day can become just bad. So. Yeah. And, you know, with people watching, you know, watching your meltdown happen in real time is another yeah. ec- extra element of pressure. But maybe it's a good thing, right? Because maybe, you know, it forces you to kind of hold it together. Whereas if For you sure. weren't on stream, you, you could kind of go nuts. For sure. There's a lot, there's a ton of accountability, a ton of accountability when it comes to streaming. I mean, you can't, you can't spew hands. You got to make sure you're playing your best or else people will definitely call you out. You can't tilt too hard or else people will leave. It's it's there's a lot of accountability for sure. And this stream of yours was yeah. did you have any idea that you would get traction when you first started out? Like was it was that a goal in the back of your mind or just something that kind of organically happened? I never planned to go full time, be a full time streamer or a poker pro or anything like that. But I did, you know, I, I started streaming because I thought that people would watch and 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 I might be able to grow to a point where it could be it could be a decent amount of fun. So yeah, it was in the back of my head, but I didn't have like a blueprint of, okay, stream, grow the stream, you know, get attention from poker sites, get sponsored. And that had no blueprint like that. It just sort of happened. Um, Yeah. Got into it for fun. I can see your your little patch there, uh, party poker team online. How did that happen? How did that come about? Party poker just approached me after I had been streaming for a long time. I I had been unsigned for a few years when I was getting really good numbers on Twitch. So I had a few sites had reached out, um, but they were, I don't know, there was like a long process and nothing was super solid. But then Party Poker came out and they're like, listen, we're creating this team. We're looking to expand on Twitch and, and get our own team going. Like, do you want to, do you want to be a part of this? So they were, they were really good about reaching out to me and I was pretty pumped up to join. So Nice. Uh, I think yeah. h- how beneficial was it to you to have your brother as uh, you know one of the bigger streamers? Like, was he hosting you? Did he help jumpstart huge. things? Yeah, huge. Uh, it was a a huge part of the, the the growth. I mean, my my first streams ever. I had developed a name for myself through his channel already. Like, I was in there every day, and people knew me, and I was typing. And obviously, I, I had the family name recognition and stuff like that. So. So when I started, it was a lot easier for me than a lot of other people if they're starting out right now because, you know, people knew who I was already. You know, it's like being a professional poker player almost and coming out of the site. You know, it's like uh, like Phil Gelfond started streaming a few weeks ago and he's already getting like a thousand viewers or more because of, you know, people know who he is. So, so yeah, it was pretty huge in the beginning and obviously he was supporting my channel, always you know, dropping a host here, telling people to check me out. And uh, yeah, yeah, really important. 
the stuff that the big brother does. That's, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, you did have – it sounds like you did have a natural interest. I mean, to watch all the streams, to be in there recognizable, yeah. commenting all the time, like it feels like you loved it. Yeah. I, well, I've been a huge fan of Twitch since like way back, way back before uh, Jamie was streaming or anything like that. I, I, I was a huge gamer before I got into poker. I play all the popular games. I used to watch Twitch streams and and esports and all that. So I was a huge fan of Twitch. And I had actually tried to stream way back in the day, uh, tried to stream video games, just got no viewers and didn't really take it seriously. So, so I'd always had an interest in Twitch. Yeah. What is your current stream schedule look like like how many hours are you streaming a week now i'm five days a week and i'd say average stream is about six hours um usually a few shorter streams and then a few streams like closer to 11 hours 10 hours a week but you know it it always varies it really depends on how my tournament sessions go i might have a week where i'm streaming you know 11 hours 11 hours five hours five hours it's just all over the place but yeah i try to do five days yeah the the life of tournament tournament yeah. poker players like who knows on a sunday it just, <laughs> it just turned into madness yeah uh yeah. this is why i've always preferred cash games personally because i can just quit whenever i want so um, much so much freedom yeah i wonder what it's like <laughs> i've almost <laughs> never played cash games so. <laughs> it's nice i mean it, it, i'd rather it, remain ignorant to the fact that i can't take breaks when i want yeah like that's a it's a blessing and a curse though right because with the flexibility you also have to have some sense of accountability to yourself. Um, Very true. You can't, you have to put the hours in, you have to put the volume in. And if you're in a poker tournament, you're like locked in. Like you don't have a choice at that point. I mean, you could punt, but if you're punting, you know, one day a week, it's probably not going to work out too well. No. But um, it's a different experience. I personally love it because of the freedom. And I've, you know, if I were 21 years old, or when I was 21 years old playing cards. And by the way, speaking of bankroll management, like I hit a tournament on part as actually party poker. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played or seen a party poker yeah, in yeah. the States, but I hit one for 15 K I had $750 in my account and I just yeah. bought straight into a 200. <laughs> <laughs> they, and they had the 200 yeah. nightly, like every night it was like 50 K guaranteed 200, I think 200 plus 15, like at seven days a week. Wow. You just fired. Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. What's the worst that happens? You, I you bust, lose. I bust my 750, and then I, I was playing live at the same time too. So I just have to reload. But, um, these binks early on in the career, uh, I've talked to a lot of poker players and that's a commonality between a lot of folks, uh, making money and then kind of figuring things out after making, making right. a bunch of money. Yeah, that's a big one. You know, they have the huge score and they don't really know how to handle the huge score. So they, you know, they go too high right away or they don't know how to manage the bankroll. It's pretty standard. Yeah, my my whole philosophy on bankroll management is always, um, I believe it came from Mike Caro. And again, I'm dating myself in the poker world, I think. But uh, <laughs> it was Mike Caro and he was saying that like, basically if you have a small bankroll, if you have a thousand bucks, you can be, you, you can take more risks because you can make that money back. It's when your bankroll gets bigger that you really need to practice great bankroll management and protect yourself. Right. And do you think that's just because more money is more relevant to, to real life, real life situations? So here, my thoughts on it, like I've always hated the micros and I've never understood the micros. I've never understood playing poker at a stake that's less than you could just go out and get a job at McDonald's and make the money. Like, to build a bankroll. So I think that, that that's sort of where it is. Like if you could get a job and save up a thousand bucks in you know a few months or whatever, then yeah. it's not that big of a risk to lose that thousand dollars, right? To take some right. shots. But yeah. it, but you know, you could, if you got 50K, that's a different story. <laughs> it's gonna take you a lot longer to rebuild at 50K. Yeah, that's very true. So what's something you feel that folks who are chasing their their poker dreams that they don't spend enough time thinking about i think the big one is i think the big one is study for most people i think you know it's kind of hard right because a lot of people play part-time and when they work all day and they only get to play poker at nights or they only get to play a few times a week it's really hard to justify spending their time studying or or going out and get training when they only get to play a little bit right like they don't want to that's fair i play poker full-time 
And I don't want to study that much. So I can't imagine if I only got to play a few times a week. But the thing is like, you know, if you're ever going to take it seriously, you're going to have to dedicate some time to getting better and, and finding the time and in, like putting in the time is, is just so key for most people. And I, don't, I, I think the study ratios are just not there for most players. I think they should up their study ratios by a lot. And by study... Can we get a little more granular and tell me sure. like exactly? Sure. What you so, mean? I mean, even even free con- like t- content, like when we look at what the free content is, there's there's podcasts, there's uh, YouTube channels. Pretty much every popular streamer has a YouTube channel putting out highlight videos or training material. There's training sites. You know, there's multiple training sites out there, of course, and they all put out free content as well on their YouTube channels. Now they're all they're all pumping out content, right? The amount of uh, study material you can find just on YouTube right now is quite amazing. There's Discord channels where you can you can join a group of poker players, post hands, get feedback from pro players, and and there's tons of those channels out there as well. So you know whether it's discussing hands or watching training material or maybe you know spending a little bit of money on a tool, or you can you can download some hands from online and and run those hands. What it's tools? All very useful. What tools specifically? Uh, ICMizer is one of my favorite ones. That's a spot where you can review final table spots, which is always really important because that's where all the money is on is on final tables. If you play tournaments, that is. I use Power Equilab, which is great for seeing what kind of equity you have in different situations, like hand versus range or hand versus hand. That's super super important to to understand. You know how much equity you have with different holdings against different ranges. Just playing around with that tool can be super useful. And then if you want to get more serious, uh, PO Solvers is a big one that I think a lot of serious poker players use. You know, a lot of this stuff applies to tournaments. As you know, I'm a tournament professional. I've never really delved into cash games, but but yeah, those are the big tools that I've used in my career, at least. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. What do you what? think about the the solvers, the tools, the the training sites? So when I was coming up, um, yeah. the training site was card runners. That was it. Uh, yeah. that was pretty much all that was offered and it was amazing. It was kind of mind blowing to me in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I've been very blessed in my poker career. I started out playing with a guy that are, was on his path to thinking about the game at a high level and was obsessed like me. We both had an obsession. I mean, we would, down in Florida, we would play on a cruise to nowhere um, for four hours. There would be like a four-hour break between cruises, and we would just go to like the Wendy's parking lot, order some food, and talk about poker for four hours straight. Then we would play, we'd play the second session, and like as we're leaving the boat, we're talking about poker all the, all the way to the drive home. And that was just every day. Um, so having him in my life was very, very important as far as yeah. expediting my growth. You know, like iron sharpens iron and, you know, me being in his life was very beneficial as well. I don't think that I would have made the gains that I made early on without him. As far as Pio goes, I, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant with Pio for a number of reasons. Uh, GTO can be a dangerous game, especially if you're node locking and making some assumptions that may be incorrect. Sure. I, you know, it's one of those things where like you don't want to get bad feedback and then implement that into your game because it can be more harmful than even having no feedback. Sure. Um, I spoke with Matt Berkey, uh, had a show with Matt Berkey, uh, I think it was about a week ago, and he was talking about just using logic, right? Like a lot of poker is logic. And for most every situation, the exploitative strategy is going to be the best strategy. So then there's also this concept of like, you know, if you're if you want to play GTO, it's typically not going to be the highest earning strategy that you can implement at any given time, you, you know, because everybody has weaknesses. Human beings are not very random. So Pio is good to get some yep. base baseline strategies, but just, I hesitate to tell people to treat it like the gospel, right? Like, you know, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Just go a little bit on your point about like your friends that, uh, that friend that you had that you talked about poker, you're obsessed with poker with like that. That's, that's kind of, you know, I think when it comes to Twitch communities, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of Twitch communities that end up being like that. Like people, people, 
you know, end up being friends when they watch the stream together, they add each other on discord. They'll end up talking about hands, posting hands. And I think, I think that's like a more of a modern age story, especially for online players. Like um, that's, what's kind of cool about these Twitch streams is that, you know, there's a lot of people that end up talking a lot about poker through these Twitch streams, which is, which is nice. So that's another way to do it. Make some friends, make some friends through the Twitch community and and add them and, and talk a lot of poker. And that was not really available to me back in the day. I just got super fortunate as a 19-year-old kid. And a few things that I want to go back to, uh, you know, we mentioned the tools and people not having a ton of time to just kind of sit down and watch like a YouTube video or a stream. And I'm not plugging podcasts or my podcast specifically, but basically podcasts are awesome as a secondary activity. You can listen, you can be on the treadmill, you can listen to them while you're driving, um, if you have a commute, you have the opportunity to listen to podcasts and learn about poker while you're doing something else. So yeah. it isn't necessarily, you don't have to make the time in your day. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, kind of separate. And another point too, you know, you said you were a prominent chatter, uh, watcher of your brother's stream and people mm-hmm. recognized you, but I don't think that's really, I, I think that's still a good strategy today. Like, if, especially if you want to start a poker stream, like most people that watch don't really engage or talk and you can, you can stand out by just asking questions and being engaging and the streamers, at least in my, my experience as a streamer, I love people talking because it gives me something to do like other than it makes a huge difference if people are talking in there. Right. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. So, you know, if you have designs on being a streamer yourself, this is, and immersing yourself in community. I think it's just a good strategy. Big time. I think people like super underestimate how much, how much attention you can garner on yourself or how big of an impact you can make in a community just by like being in there, you know, just like saying hi, saying what's up, spamming emotes and dropping a dono here. Or there. It's just <laughs> like, like after a while, people, everyone knows who you are. And if, if they see you in the listing or, or they know you're going to be streaming, it's, yeah, it's it's huge, especially on social media too, like tweeting to everyone, engaging with everyone. You see a lot of people doing that these days, maybe even overboard, but but it works like for sure. Yeah, it's I think a prerequisite right now, is especially to grow real fast as a poker player is you can't be shy. You have no. to put yourself out there and try to get some visibility. Yep. Um, and I've said it many, many times too. Another way, people are always wondering like, how do I get close to so-and-so like so-and-so poker player how do i develop a relationship how do i get involved and it's always um money (laughs) give them money buy their course buy their thing um and then you you naturally get closer because then you're invested in them and then they feel they're invested in you as well sure what would you say is the most high impact action you've taken to improve your game it's a training site training site raise your edge would be the biggest one for me that was like, yeah, I just went from base intuition thinking ABC poker to like, okay, now you have high level strategy when it comes to pre-flop, when it comes to post-flop, when it comes to jamming. It was just like so many new concepts that, you know, my game has been like completely different ever since. So um, making that initial investment in a training site was was what helped me get to high stakes. And how much, uh, two, two questions, how much was that investment? And also... Do you feel like it was a prerequisite for you trying to make the jump up to the mid stakes, bef- like uh, for investing in that specific training? Uh, the the course, see, it was the expert masterclass. So it was around a thousand dollars for that course, that tournament course. And I, I'm sorry, I don't understand the second part of the question. Uh, basically, like if just a complete noob is like, would it be as valuable to them okay. as it was to you? Well, you know, I think, you know, there there's for that course specifically, it's it's it was the expert course, right? So you need some you need some of the knowledge. You need you need to know all the poker terms. You need to know things what like what equities are. You need to know generally what ranges are. So th- there's like an apprentice course that I could have gone into as well, but I decided decided to go straight to the master class. So, you know, I don't I guess you haven't taken it the the apprentice course. Right? I haven't I have not taken the apprentice course, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's it's something that is completely necessary for people to beat the mid stakes, but it was super impactful and it definitely sped up the process for me. Let's put a number on it. How much money do you think that's made you that in that thousand dollar investment? Just all the money. 
just all the money. <laughs> just everything, everything since, I don't know. I, so hundreds no of idea. thousands, it's hundreds of thousands of times the investment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say that's a pretty good investment then. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, when you're, when you're buying training content, assuming, assuming you will put in the work that the content offers, it's, it's really tough to find a losing investment when it comes to training material. Like, unless it's for some reason, something you've already heard or, or something you've already done. It's just like, you're spending some money to, to make better decisions in game. It's, you know, if you are going to put in the work, then it's it's almost always going to be a profitable investment. That's always always look at training sites when it comes to poker. Tell me about your your daily process. Let's talk about you know what do you do to because streaming thirty plus hours a week is tough. Uh, at least it's tough. It would be super tough on me, like just physically, mentally, um, yeah. very draining. So what do you do to take care of of your yourself to prepare for the stream? Well, I live, I live generally a pretty balanced life. And I think that obviously helps. Um, you know, sometimes I go a little bananas and I'll stream like back to back 12 hour days and stuff just cause you know, I ride off the hype a lot, you know, Twitch is very hype, hype times sometimes. So, um, but like on a normal week, I, I wake up, I have a nice breakfast, give myself time to, to eat and make a coffee. And then I'll start generally pretty early in the morning you know, stream my day. And then after the stream, I'll take a few hours off just to, to cool down, right? Take some time away from the computer. And then um, I hit the gym five, six times a week. So usually I'm, I'm going to the gym and then, yeah, I'm just doing some study, 30 minutes of study a day-ish. It's a, it's a very, I just do a little bit of everything, you know, a little bit of socializing, a little bit of study, go to the gym, take some time off. Um, what does the gym look like? What do you do there? Uh, I I do weight training, so I do I do like a, a weight training weightlifting split. That's what I've been doing for the last few years. Nice. Um, do you schedule? Do you create a schedule that you stick to? Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a trainer, and he gave me a, a fitness plan. So I have each day of the week is is a specific training program. Uh, his name's Mike Vacanti. He helped us with the the bets that we had. Oh prop yeah, bets. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about the, that prop prop bet because I, I did <laughs> sure. read about it briefly. Sure. Okay. So a few years ago, I was 134 pounds and my brother, Jamie was 305 pounds. Wait, wait, 134 and 305. 134 and 305. Okay. I don't know what the the difference is there. (laughs) That's that's a lot. I think it's like 170 pounds. Yeah. 171 pounds. And we had um, gone down to the Virgin Islands to meet Bill Perkins because we were doing a stream boat thing where we, we stream for a week down in the Virgin Islands on a boat, on Bill Perkins' boat. He paid and, for y'all to come down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got this. We got to stay at his place and everything. Nice. Um, so yeah, we were down there for that, and we were doing an IRL live stream. And somebody in the chat just wrote some random comment. Was like, because I think they were talking about prop bets and stuff. And somebody wrote in the chat was like, "How much for them to be the same weight in one year?" And then Bill Perkins said something like, "Oh, I'd give them fifty to one on that." Right, and then. You know, I, I was just out of it. I wasn't even thinking about anything. But Jamie was like, 50 to 1, how much can we bet? Jamie <laughs> instantly was like, 50 to 1, yeah. how much can we put down? Like, I'll put down the max, whatever I can. Yeah. And Bill Perkins was like, uh, you can put down 3K. So then Jamie's just like, book it. We have to, Matt, we have to do this. Yeah. And I was just like, out of, I didn't even know what was going on. I was just like, what? What are you talking about? He's just like, Matt, shake my hand. We got to take this bet right now. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. And then you know, over the next week or whatever, I kind of figured out what was happening. Um, so yeah, we, we put down $3,000 to win $150,000. Half and half? Half and half. Yep. Right down the middle. So then we spent the entire next year. I, I was gaining weight the entire year. My brother was losing weight the entire year. Just, just weight training full time, eating everything in sight, everything I could. I was eating three, three K calories plus a day for an entire year. And Uh, how tall are you? I'm five seven. Five seven. Five, seven. Yeah. Whew, that's yeah, an uphill so, battle. That's not yeah, fun. I'm short. Yeah. So um we had to be the exact same weight within one pound. We had one pound of leeway on the exact date within one weigh in. So there was like no leeway at all. It had to be a specific date, one year. So if you got there early, if you got there early, you had to maintain. We had yeah, we had to maintain. Yeah. So we managed to get it down to an exact science. On the day, we managed to weigh the exact same 
188.8 on the nose. <laughs> so we managed to do it, but but yeah, Jamie lost 117 pounds or something. I lost, I gained 53, or 54 pounds in a year. That's insane. Like yeah. five seven. I mean. F- five seven one eighty eight like because so i i've been small my whole life like i'm five ten um and i recently gained about 17 pounds um just through like calorie consuming a ton of calorie until i want to spew every day um and then weight training and like 50 pounds is just unbelievable to me it was sick i mean i in the beginning i had a lot of room to put weight on you know I, i had a lot of beginner gains in terms of like muscle gain in the gym that came pretty easily and and I was not tired of eating yet in the first like half of the bet. But the second half of the bet was horrible. It's horrible. I didn't I didn't want to eat ever. I, I, I would eat till I almost, you know, felt like throwing up all the time. Um I remember the last week I I couldn't go I could barely eat, actually. I, I couldn't go a meal without almost throwing up near the end. Like I had no appetite. I would, I would sleep for 11 hours. I'd wake up for breakfast and I wouldn't be hungry at all. Like I could almost not eat at that point. My body was so messed up from that bed. Yeah. Not, not a very fun time. I mean, did you look in the mirror and just think, what the fuck did I do to myself? No, but now I look back and I say, holy shit. Like that was, that was, I was, I was really unhealthy at the end of the bed. But like in it, when you're in it, like you you get so used to seeing yourself look a certain way, and like yeah, everyone else true. gets so used to it that I, I didn't really think about it. But looking back now, like what I look like now compared to then, is pretty insane. Yeah. What 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 were you eating? Like, I mean, you said you were super unhealthy. Were you just like, did it, did the calories even matter as far as the nutrition? Uh, I well, I, I did have certain macros that I was trying to hit. I, I don't remember them now, but I mean, it was very obviously very high protein yeah. numbers and high protein, high carb. The fat numbers we tried to still keep like reasonably low, but they were never low. But yeah, high protein, high carb. I would just eat as much meat and and rice or meat and pasta. And, you know, I'd never say no to any kind of meal. So if there was pizza, <laughs> if there was pizza I'd try to eat the whole pizza, basically. There was, the, the word no was not in my vocabulary for food that year. Was it worth, was it worth the 75K? Yeah. I mean, for what my, my net worth was and my bankroll at that time, it was, it was life-changing for sure. I would do it again. It was, it was a huge deal. So, What about your brother? Uh, what about how, how, how was his? Uh, see, it feels like it, losing weight would be easier, but that's just my perspective as a small human. Yeah, a lot of people have have taken both sides on wh- which side would be easier. I think, you know, I think it was harder for him because I think you know he had a, he had two sided battle, right? He had a mental battle, but then also a physical battle, right? He had a, he had a food addiction. He had all these habits that he'd formed over twenty twenty four years of eating poorly. Um, so he had to turn that on a dime, mentally, and battle that whole year. Whereas for me, it wasn't a mental battle to start eating and and weight training. That was fine. I was okay with that. So I really do think the process for him was much tougher. And, you know, he talks a lot about these days, like still, you know, still feeling some, some mental effects from how insane that bet was for him. Um, so, yeah, I think he had a hard time with it, but, you know, he got it done. So did, uh, did it stick? I'm sure you, you lost your weight. A lot of it probably fairly quickly, right? Yeah. I spent the entire uh, year after losing weight and dieting. <laughs> yeah that's a new experience I, I, especially I, I, for a I dude lost, i lost all of it i lost every pound i gained yeah just kept the muscle or most of it at least so nice it's worth yeah i'm sure di- dieting is like it's a foreign it's a foreign concept to me especially like being small my whole life right because mm-hmm. i've never like had to do it right. um but in that case like i could imagine like just a relief to not be stuffing my face full of shit all the time for the for the last week before the first bet ended, I I was just like I cannot wait to eat salad and just not stuff my face. Like I cannot. <laughs> wait. This is this is going to be so amazing. I'm going to eat vegetables, whatever. The day after, after I'd given myself a break, the day after, I wanted a cheeseburger. Like I really wanted to eat bad. Like I I had developed that habit, and I was so disappointed in myself. I'm like, man, you just ate like shit for 365 days. <laughs> and not even 12 hours later, you, you still want fries and you still want burgers. I was like, man, this sucks. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Your body, your body was like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, it, I thought it I would was... never want junk food again. 
<laughs> I really, I really thought I would be done with it, but it's not the case. What is up, you future star of poker? You, Coach Brad here, and I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're sitting there wondering to yourself, why? Why is Coach Brad promoting this PKC Poker app thing? Allow me a moment to explain my why. Battling in cash games has been my livelihood for the past 15 years. It's how I survive and put food on the table for my family, which makes it imperative that I either test out or seek qualified opinions on all of the poker platforms on the market. One juicy find can mean the difference between a meh year and an amazing family vacation in Hawaii kind of year. With that said, I have tried almost all of the major poker apps on the market to date, and despite the hype about amazingly juicy games, have come away from the experience unsatisfied. I was just never able to find success against seemingly weak competition, and in one specific case, was getting outright destroyed by passive villains playing more than 50% of their hands. What on earth was going on, right? After many evenings sitting in the bathtub, wondering if I had lost it, I finally dug into the data and learned something that shouldn't have been too surprising to you. These dudes were colluding and super using their pants off. So I swore off those free money, decentralized devil apps and decided to go back to my more familiar streets of ignition. It was then that I was contacted by a good friend of mine who turned out to be the vice president of worldwide operations at PKC. Him and I had a long, in-depth conversation about security, the ecosystem, and the future direction of PKC, and he managed to convince me to give it a shot. That shot turned into an incredible six months with an hourly rate that's about five times what it would have been playing on any other US platform. As it turns out, I didn't forget how to play. I just needed to be on a level playing field to return to my crushing ways. I have no doubt that you, my community, my audience is going to play online poker somewhere and I want to be damn sure that you don't go through the pain and frustration I felt by messing around with any poker app besides PKC. This is why promoting PKC is a no-brainer for me. I love you, I love my community, and I want to put you in the best position to succeed at this game that we both love so much. So if you'd like to join me in the streets of PKC, simply head to EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod and get your invite code to play. You must have an invite code to play and you must be 21 years of age or older. One more time, that's EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod to get your invite code. Best of luck. And now, on with the show. Going back to that kid that's grinding the micros, just starting out, doing his stream to you know, not many people. If you could give that, that kid some wisdom, and I guess it's only been about four years ago, what wisdom would you, would you give him? I would tell him to start studying earlier. Tell him to start studying earlier. And I would uh, tell him to keep his head down. Keep his head down and grind. There was a few times throughout my grind, let's just call it, that I was just like, man, am I going to do this full time? Like, am I really, is this fun? Am I enjoying this? Is this worth it? So there's there was a few periods of that. And, and Did you almost I, quit? I didn't almost quit, but I had I, I had hit a point where I'm like, am I going to do this? Like, is this going to work for me? Right? I had, I had like kind of doubts. Let's just put it that way. I had doubts. So I'm really glad now that I, I stuck out with it. Right. It's, it's huge that I stuck with it. So I would give myself the advice to, to just keep your head down and, uh, and keep grinding. Cause it'll how, how'd you get through those doubts while you were having them? Just love the game. Just wanted to play. Yeah. Twitch is just so much fun. It's just, it, it was the, it's just really all I had going on in my life, right? Twitch, Twitch and poker. That's what I had done. That's what I like doing this. That's where my, you know, that's where my, my self-worth was, it was just my whole life, so I, I didn't want to quit. Yeah, that's a good motivator. I mean, that's a good emotional goal to keep you going, moving in the right direction. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about poker tournaments, what would it be? <laughs> change poker tournaments. Um, God, I'd make them shorter. <laughs> make them shorter. They're so long. It's such a sick grind tournaments. I, I'd make... How would you make them shorter? I don't know. See, I mean, it's so dumb. I just want them to not last as long. There's such, <laughs> such a grind. Um, just eliminate late reg. Just make everyone show up on time. Everyone has to be there right on time. All a thousand people. 
you're okay with smaller smaller prize pools as long as they are ending earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. Um, I mean, so for the online world, I think that you know maybe it's tough. Uh, like for me, for instance, one major reason I talked about the freedom and the flexibility, but stalling in online tournaments is something mm-hmm. that just wants to make me put my fist through a wall. Um, you being close to the bubble. Yeah, I, I want to just punt everyone who starts stalling. Um, especially from like a cash game background. I'm like, let's get in hands, guys. Let's play. Let's get in hands. Yeah. What are we doing? Um, and, in yeah. a live setting, oh my God, like, because you can see them and you know, right? Like, you know that a three minute tank in an inconsequential spot, like, you know what's happening. It's, it drives me crazy. I mean, this is yeah, why. Tanking. That's the big story. That's the big story. Tanking in tournaments, like, uh, people hate watching it. It's all, it's all over Twitter. People hate tanking. Which is, is, I mean, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I feel like there should be a way to structure it to disincentivize tanking. Because, I mean, as it is, like, there is, it, it is incentivized near the bubble for people to eke their way into the money. So if you could find a yeah. way to disincentivize it, that'd be great for me. That would make tournaments way more playable and enjoyable. Yeah. And probably make them a little shorter, too. Yeah. I mean, you, you really do need something, though, because... Uh, the incentive is too good. It's just too good. I mean, you're you're playing poker tournaments to make money. If you can just sit there and wait and sit on your time bank for a little bit to make money, you should. Right. right. I mean, I mean, I don't do it, but you yeah, should. I, I don't know. Personally, like I, I don't do it, and I, I wouldn't do it just because I hate it so much. Right. It's like I don't know. It's just it's like manipulating the system. What, did, what just, if you needed the cash for rent? Like, what if it's super crucial that you're making money? Yeah, that's true. I mean, then I guess I would tank. You know, if, you if I need it for rent, if I need it to pay for my family, then I guess that's what I would do. Yeah, extreme example, but it's know. true. There's a lot of guys apparently out there that need need to make the money for their rent in <laughs> every poker tournament that goes on with all the tanking. Yeah. Um, what's your current big goal related to poker? What's next? Big goal is. The same as it's always been. I want to be number one on Twitch poker. Number one on Twitch poker. What does I, number one mean? Number one, that means I have the most viewers, even if everyone's online. I, I want to be what Lex Veldhost is right now. Um, leading leading in viewers on a Sunday. Anytime I go online, I, I, I'm at the top of the listing, essentially. So, there, you know, there's times right now where I will be the top of the listing, depending on who's on. But... You know, no matter who's on, I want to be the biggest community, biggest, uh, biggest stream on Twitch. So, you know, that's that's what the goal has always been when it comes to to my career. Poker wise, I, I would like to reach as big as stakes I can online. You know, I'm up to a point now where I can play one Ks, one Ks and below. You know, I, I fire a few one Ks a week and and a lot of five hundreds during the week. So. I'm really happy with the fact that I'm playing that high stakes. And I, I mean, I guess the next step now is just to try to increase my win rate at those stakes and maybe even be able to bump it up a little bit more during series, <clears throat> you know, play a 2k, play a 5k, just be able to put on that show for Twitch. But there's uh, an insane amount of work that comes with trying to even go up those levels, you know? Oh, I'm sure your yeah. competition level goes way up with each, each rung on the ladder. It is super debatable whether I'm winning at the 500s and 1Ks anyway. So that's, that's, that's where I need to be at the moment. <laughs> so the, by super debatable, you mean maybe you've had good results, but you're unsure overall? Like Correct. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's just my assumption. I just know the, I know the fields in, in 500 and 1, 1K tournaments are, are filled with regulars that are putting in a lot of work and i know i'm streaming and i'm not putting in a, an insane amount of work on my game so i'm just making the assumption that my edge is, is not going to be huge if if there is any well so i spoke with jungle man a few episodes ago i guess we'll call it uh and we were talking about progression and growth as a poker player and how when he started he did like a counterintuitive approach to growth and he basically did like reverse game selection where he just played the badasses at every stake heads right. up and um <laughs> that's amazing yeah so which basically and then we ha- we talked about it and you know when you push yourself and you find your limit you know that's a lot of motivation to become better at cards so i would say that even if you're not a favorite at the 500 or 1000 tournaments 
number one, you're probably not giving away that much of an edge. Right, um, yeah. You're not that big of a dog. And number two, this is motivation to improve your game, to to realize your full potential, right? Yeah. No, exactly. I, and I mean, I'm not playing poker. You know, I'm a, I'm a poker streamer, right? So, you know, I'm a sponsored player. I have revenue coming from a bunch of different places. Poker, when I play poker tournaments, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make money, but I'm not, you know, sweating my ROI super hard and stuff like that. I want to put on a good show and I want to see how high I can get, essentially. So I don't mind playing these fields, you know, if people like to watch it on Twitch and I, I like to test myself. So I'm definitely down to play the high stakes and, and I'm hopefully going to find some more success there. And speaking of these other revenue streams, how important do you think they are as far as your career? I don't, they're huge in terms of just security. I, I, it means that I don't have to think about poker in a, in a sense of needing to make a certain amount of money, which is a really good peace of mind. You know, do I think I could support myself from poker alone? I do. So in that sense, I, you know, they, they're important just so I don't have to think like that. But I do think I could support myself through poker. Just uh, it would be a little bit tougher and I'd have to think and be a little bit more careful about things. And this is another giant difference between cash games and tournaments. Uh, nobody's going to sponsor me <laughs> playing in a cash game. There's no reason, right? Like poker, in my case, has always been kind of life or death before creating different revenue streams. It's like I have to perform, I have to win yeah. to provide for the folks that I need to provide for. And um, that's a lot of pressure. And I think that that can it, sap a lot of joy from the game if that's sure, yeah. always on your mind or in the back of your mind. And I, I preach on this show spe- specifically from cash game players that I've talked to, it's a big deal to create different revenue streams. And the earlier you can go about doing it, just do it. Like, you know, a thousand bucks a month, it doesn't sound like a ton, but when you're in the middle of a downswing and you're struggling and you need the help, it's then it's huge. Yeah, like, it's huge. If you're, if it doesn't matter to you a month because you're crushing, well then, okay. Like that's a, that's a good place to be in, right? That's a first world poker problem. Um, but yeah, these revenue streams, like if you're, and if you're playing tournaments, I think there's been a lot of value here in this conversation as far as building a Twitch following and, and creating those revenue streams. Yeah. What else would you do? Like what are like our affiliate links and the panels, what are some other ways that you you monetize Twitch? Yeah, affiliate links. Affiliate links is a big one. I mean, you know, with without getting signed by a site, affiliates is the next best way to to generate revenue. Right, aside from the the actual Twitch revenue, which is ads, subscribers, donations, bits, all that stuff generates revenue. But yeah, affiliates. There's if you have an audience, poker sites want to work with you. They want to they want to get their their stuff out there and. And spe- specifically with poker, you can get 50 links if you want to. Like there are so many different programs and tools and training sites that'll give you a link just easy, right? So if you if you have all of them da- all of them down there and you're you're streaming a lot, so that was that was a big one for me was affiliate links um, on the come up. I the, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, it's just uh, Twitch revenue affiliate links were the two big ones. It, depending on your skill level and how you're doing and these sort of things, I mean, there's training sites that can sign you. There's, you know, other other ways to monetize, but I think those are probably the easiest. Just grabbing an affiliate link, sticking in the panels, and going nuts. If you're, if you're good at poker, you can also uh, use your stream to give coaching as well. It's not something I've done, but there's been you know hundreds of people that have reached out to me and asked for for private coaching sessions. So. You know, if you generate a stream that has 20 people and, and somebody wants to, you know, pay you $50 a week for some coaching, then there you go. You got a revenue stream for, for an hour out of your week. So uh, that's something that if, if you're good at the game can be, be of use. And yeah, like, and again, let's tie, tie this back into what we were talking about earlier. Don't be shy in the poker world. Get yourself out there. It, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. There's a lot of times that I've felt uncomfortable doing the things that I've done, but like that, uh, you know, when you reach that level of uncomfortability, that means, you know, you're finding your limit and you're pushing through means that you're growing, right? That's the sign of growth. I want to circle back real quick to your big goal. How how are you going to get there? How are you going to be Lex? Um, that is a good question. I mean, there's, there's, I probably shouldn't say this, but there's a part of me that, 
doesn't believe I can get the Lexus level. It's it's really kind of insane to me how far ahead Lex is. How far I mean, ahead like, is he? On a, on a Sunday, average? on a Sunday, he like he can get up to twenty thousand viewers on a Holy Sunday. Holy shit! I didn't even I've know. Seen him, I've I've seen him have twenty thousand viewers, and and then second place will be like fifteen hundred viewers, and then there'll be like six hundred, six hundred, five hundred, four hundred. So that's how far ahead he can be sometimes. And like, even if he's got nothing going on, he's got 5,000 viewers, 6,000 viewers, like on a, on a bad day. It's, it's, it's really quite insane how far he's gotten. But I mean, it's motivation, right? It's, it's what a poker stream can achieve on Twitch if it's good enough. So I just think time, I think time is, is all I need. I don't think I need to do any gimmicks to, to get there. I think, you know, the older I get, the more I play, the more I generate my brand. People will respect the the stream more. People will tune in. I'm going to keep getting better at poker. I'm going to keep moving up in stakes. So, I mean, my stream is, has grown all the way up until now. I don't see why it will, will stop growing. So I just think it's a time thing and, and maybe some big, big things will happen in my career that can, can boost me, you know, whether it's a big score or, or what, but. Yeah. Some publicity. Uh, never yeah. heard anybody. I mean, like you said, Phil Galfon started a few weeks ago and he's getting like a thousand folks a stream, right? Um, yeah. And he is primarily a cash game player, but he's been around forever. He's a legend of the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's beneficial <laughs> for getting people to show up, having a big, big name. Um, big time, yeah. yeah. So basically you'll have, to, you'll have to keep forging ahead and, and building your name and your brand. Yeah. Absolutely. What's a project you're working on? And it could not be related to poker um, or it could be. That's near and dear to your heart that you'd like to talk about. Project I'm working on? Um, I don't have very, you know, I don't have really any special projects going on. My grind is very one-dimensional at the moment. It's, uh, it's just streaming poker tournaments on Twitch. You know, I'm doing some some different content with uh, Party Poker Team Online. You know, we have this team of of nine members that is is creating content together, doing some cash game challenges and and interacting a little bit. I think two of the players are having a big like one K heads up match or something. So I'm doing a little bit of interaction within the team. You know, obviously that comes with being a sponsored pro, so that's kind of cool. I'm also trying to branch out into uh, chess, chess streaming. I don't know if you're interested in chess or not, but um, I'm not. But that doesn't mean that my audience isn't. <laughs> there's a there's a huge crossover for some reason on on Twitch. Apparently, the chess the chess community and the poker community have like a huge crossover. Like people love watching poker streams that play chess, and, and poker players always watch the chess streams. So, I've been talking to a lot of the streamers, and and I'm looking to to branch out and collaborate with those guys, which is is fun. I just a few months ago I got addicted to the game. I love oh, it. Oh wow, it's That's so awesome. fun. Yeah. I would say chess and probably Magic the Gathering. I know there are just so many Huge. so yeah. many crossovers between poker and Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Do you have anything in you that you you know that you'll want to get out eventually? Like a book, um, any sort of course material, training, anything like that? You know, I'm just starting to branch out in, into more content. I'm doing YouTube now. Uh, funnily enough, I, I'd really like to do a podcast eventually. Um, you know, have guests and, and talk, I think. I think that's something I'd really like to do. So I, I could see myself having a podcast in, you know, in the next year or two years for sure, uh, regularly, which would be really nice. Don't come and after I, me, Matt. Come on. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, and I think live, I want to play a lot more live poker in the future, go to live events. It's not something I've done because I've always wanted to, like anytime there's a live event going on, I'm like, okay, everyone's going to this. I should be streaming. I, I, this is a good time to grow. And I've never found a rationalization for taking time off of Twitch. There's just never time to take off. It's just always time to grow. So, you know, in the next few years, once my, my channel becomes more stable and I'm, and I'm happier with where I'm at, I think I'll want to mix in a lot more live events and, and get to experience that because I haven't really done the live grind ever. So, you know, being able to meet people from my community in, in different spots is, is huge. So. Yeah, that's a big deal. And two, I get the sentiment, by the way, that like, oh, everybody's in WSO, playing WSOP, so now's my time to play, right? Yeah. Um, as a cash game player, uh, my whole thing has been WSOP time. I'm in Los Angeles playing high stakes cash games because all the pros and everybody's in Vegas, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, these guys live here. 
like the the businessmen, these guys, they can't go to Vegas for a month. They're going to be playing in cash games. So yeah. I would always use that opportunity to set up shop and uh, play in some really good games in yeah. Los Angeles. But the thing is, you get on ESPN, you get in front of an audience of millions. This can also do some very great things to your Twitch stream. Absolutely. Have a big score in Vegas. People love it. And, and people people ask me, they're like, Matt, you're not going to Vegas? I'm like, hey, man, I'm streaming for you right now. You don't like the stream? They're like, why aren't you in the, they're like, why aren't you in the main? It's like, what? Because I'm streaming. You know? so, so people want, you know, people like when you play live tournaments, they like when you go to these events. But I don't know. I, I could, In the next few years, I'll definitely definitely mix in and i and i want to have community meetups right i want to meet people like uh lex has a tournament series going on right now it's called lex live it's going on in london and it's a big community gathering he's he's throwing his own tournament series jason somerville has run it up reno which has had like eight of them or something so uh, i would like to do something like that potentially in the future it's a way to turn casual viewers into diehard fans too talking to people, you know, it's all about relationship. That's really what life is about relationships. And we can spend time with people. You can talk to them face to face, shake their hand. It goes a, a long way as far as just creating these diehard fans that you need. Yeah. Cause 5,000 sure. people, I mean, you think like, okay, Lex has 15,000 people. That's a shitload of people watching a, a poker stream, but it's actually not that many people. If you really think about it, right. Uh, how many poker fans are exist around the globe. Um, yeah. It's a giant percentage of share uh, market share on Twitch, obviously. Yeah, but uh, I think that, you know, that, that could be one of the secret ingredients to his success, like meeting people, talking to people, just creating those fans organically that way. Yep. For sure. All right. So I think you've already answered my uh, second to last question about in 15 years, Look, let's look in 15 years in the future. What are your poker accomplishments going to be? Oh, man. Well, I will have been playing the highest stakes online. I would hope. I would have, you know, played the biggest tournaments there is to offer in, in the series. You know, 25Ks, 10Ks, whatever it is. Uh, I, you know, I, I really try to stay away from setting monetary goals. I don't actually have any. I would just be making something up. That's good. Gave you, yeah. Uh, there's just too much swings. Monetary goals are... I mean, I'm just going to say monetary goals are kind of stupid in my opinion. Um, they don't make a lot of sense, no. Because you need emotional drivers behind your goal, right? Like if you have emotional drivers behind your goals, then the money comes. Like if you're dethroning Lex as number one, the money's going to come, right? Like yeah. you're going to make a ton of money in the process. If you're playing yeah. the high, highest stakes games, you're going to make a ton of money. It's a side effect of the more emotional goals. Yeah, money money is the result of almost every other goal you're going to set. <laughs> so, so yeah, I hope, I hope I'm playing the highest stakes and, and the best poker I have been. Uh, hopefully I have some, some live scores as well. Like I said, I, I would like to branch out and, and play in these series. So hopefully, you know, a few final tables, a few deep runs in those. And I don't know, I don't know what my, my poker life's going to look. I'm hoping I'm still in the industry in 15 years, whether that's, you know, part of a company or doing commentary or, or all of it, all of it at once, or from hosting my own poker something. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm I'm doing something big in the poker world. How old are you, by the way? Twenty three. Oh God! See, I should have asked this. Like, well, this gives more context to the whole thing, right? You're twenty. It's okay. It's like all right. uh, your brain's not even fully developed yet. Like as a human being, you got a couple more right. years. Um, so it's such a young, such a young age, hopping into the poker world. Yeah. Um, I I would say. In my experience, take some chances, do some things that, you know, instead of streaming WSOP, I think you should give it a shot uh, and just see the experience, right? Maybe you hate it. Maybe it turns out to be awful and you wish you would have streamed. But in a year, a year from taking that chance, you won't even think about it. It won't even matter. It'll be a blip on the radar. But if you love it and it's like grows your stream and you're like, holy shit, why did I wait so long to test that out? Then you'll be upset with yourself for not doing it the last five years or however long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'll definitely be down there. WSP's happening. Live poker's happening at some point. Well, get I'll it, man. Down there. Uh, yeah, you'll, uh, I'll be walking around. I don't know if I'll, maybe I'll play some poker tournaments. I'm actually considering going for it. I gotta be honest, I don't talk to any cash game players. I Like, I, my whole life has been, my whole poker world in life has been tournament players the whole time, so. Yeah, and is, I. It's different for me. It's weird to talk about cash games. 
<laughs> they're that that uh, forbidden for, forbidden fruit that you don't want to try. It's a foreign object, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've played both. Uh, I've I've had success in tournaments in very limited capacity. I, who, I don't even know how much I've won, like maybe over a hundred k. And I don't play. I can tell you, I've played one two live tournaments in the past, I believe, nine years. Um, if right. that gives any context. But you ever, have you ever tried streaming tournaments? I think I did one time, like back on uh, Ignition, but only like when I was going deep in uh, their big event, whatever it was. Yeah. But that again, I can say with much confidence, there is no chance that I will ever play a fifty dollars tournament. <laughs> um, There's no chance. No chance that I'm going to be grinding those guys. I mean. Uh, it, it'll be some of the shot taking in the bigger online tournaments, like the main events, if I do so. But I do, I do find that like I like the atmosphere of playing live, and live tournaments are very, very good. Uh, there's a bit of a culture shock, right, when you're you're used to playing, you know, like twenty forty in a limit, twenty uh, k deep, and then you buy into even you know a two k tournament in live. And you're super deep playing with guys and you're like, wow, what's going on right now? Like the competition is so soft compared to these higher stakes crushers that it's like, wow, like I see how guys can make a living playing these tournaments. Like this yeah. is, this is wild. So I do tournaments think, are good. yeah, live tournaments are real good. And uh, so I think there might be some hope in, in playing some live tournaments, making some deep runs and, you know, documenting them for Instagram or creating some content based on that but uh i would like to get a bracelet I, i've been thinking for like the last year or two that uh, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to get a bracelet i guess just for my resume yeah. um I, i've never been a uh i'll play some tournaments to get a bracelet you gotta get on the grind for sure you do you do i've never yeah. like it's never been about prestige for me i think that's one big thing about poker it's never been about prestige it's just like i told you before taking care of the the people that i care about that's been my driving force and being the best that i can be you know what the best part about that is it's the almost the complete opposite for me <laughs> almost <laughs> it's all opposite. all about prestige 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 the hype the the ego the the stream all of it that's that's the beautiful thing about poker for me so you're young like i said just give it let's give it five or ten years we'll you know we'll we'll bring you on bring you we'll on the see, show every few yeah. years or so and see how that mentality changes Sounds good. Um, but yeah, man, best of luck to you. Uh, where, where can the Chasing Poker Greatness audience find you on the interwebs? Uh, Matt Staples on Twitch. That's where I'm going to be online five days a week. Uh, Matthew underscore Staples on Instagram. Matt Staples Poker on Twitter. And, and that's it. But Twitch is the best one. I'm online almost full time. So Let's give this man some hype so that he can take down Lex. Um, Got to get Lex. Got to get Lex. Got to get him out of there. Yeah, in 15 years in the future, Lex is down. You're, you'll be the man in Twitch. And if you guys hear me on the podcast and you come to my stream, say hello from the podcast so I know you should. Yeah, say say the, the Chasing Poker because this is great publicity for me too. Get in the chat. Talk about the podcast. The say what's up. <laughs> man, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll do a round two for sure in the future. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please take a moment to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. And once again, I wanted to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're on the lookout for a new poker platform where the games are safe and secure and the action's amazing, head to EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod to get your code and jump into the games. You must have a code to play as well as be 21 years of age or older. One final time, that's EnhanceYourEdge.com slash PKCPod. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time on Chasing Poker Greatness.